Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 67. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. And 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, we have a look at at our latest winner in the country cookout contest. We talk with a farmer who's a farmer just north of Regina, about 20 miles, 35 kilometers. We also talk with the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers. We hear about the latest report that's just been released by the Stock Growers. It suggests there is room for a new meatpacking plant in Saskatchewan, and we're talking about a multi-million dollar facility. We have an outlook from Sask Wheat, referring to the latest outlook because of world markets and as to what has happened with Russia and Ukraine wheat. We also have a look at the USDA's latest report and an analyst discussing it. We have the farm weather at the bottom of the hour. Back in a seat. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest is Matthew Collady. He works at the farm of Ken Christopher. It's about 30 kilometers north of Regina. Matthew Collady says harvest is more than half done on the farm. Oh, I think we got going about August 20-something, I think we got going there. And what percentage would be done? Now, probably we're close to about that 60% done. How do the crops look? Crops are looking good so far. Can't complain about uh, the yields or nothing like that, especially after last year. Yeah, tell me about any numbers in the yields area. I know most of our wheat was doing about 45 to 50, some areas was 60. Uh, we just got onto canola now, which is looking to be about 30 to 35 an acre. And uh, what else? Peas, I think peas was doing about 40 to 50. Uh, I can't even remember what the lentils was doing. Tell me about the growing season this year. What was it like, especially compared to last year? Uh, rain. <laughs> rain was quite the difference. We actually got moisture this year. This spring, we actually had lots of, mo- lots of moisture. There was lots of sloughs we had to go around this year. Instead of last year, we could drive right through the sloughs. Any idea how much rainfall you, you received this year? I want to say anywhere from 10 inches or more, I'm thinking. I know the one day uh, on some of our land, we had about 7 inches of rain in one day. 
or over the course of two days, and that was enough rain for that. When do you hope to wrap up? Hope to wrap up, well, probably, hopefully by the end of the month here. We're kind of caught up to the crop now, so we're kind of waiting for things to ripen a little more, and we're thinking we might have to start desiccating some crops. Is it too early to talk about seeding plants for next year? Uh, I think so. I, I don't even have any idea what's going to be going on yet. Hopefully, it's seeding can go good again. But uh, hopefully, we actually have to drive around sloughs again because I don't mind that. <laughs> means there's moisture in the ground. What size of farm are we talking about here? Uh, we're roughly about 9,000, 10,000 acres. Matthew Colliday is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. He works at the farm of Ken Christopher. It's about 30 kilometers north of Regina. Today. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers has released a report pointing to the feasibility of a new multi-million dollar meatpacking plant in this province. Stock Growers President Garner Debald of Hodgeville says a new beef processing plant would be a major economic boost to Saskatchewan. The study tells us that there are some opportunities, uh, but also some challenges, and, and I think we were well aware of that. Um, but it, it definitely does show that there is an opportunity here that we can support and, and have the capacity here to, uh, you know, have a have a good uh, packing industry here in Saskatchewan. There, there definitely is supply on the cow calf side, and there is, you know, ample uh, supply right now on the feeder side. But I think there too. There is uh, opportunity to grow that side of the business as well. Why does Saskatchewan need a federally inspected meatpacking plant? Well, I think it's just like anything else here. If we can add value to uh, what we're producing here, it's just good for the economy. It would be good for all of the producers here in Saskatchewan. And uh, ultimately, it would uh, you know just strengthen the industry right across the province here. What size and cost are we talking about here from the study? Well, and, you know, we had uh, in the study there, we looked at, uh, you know, different scenarios and different sizes. And, you know, I think from what we found out in the study is that, uh, you know, we easily could support a, a processing plant that would could handle, you know, 500 to 1,000 head per day. And, uh, you know, that's probably where the, the size needs to be is somewhere in that range. And, and cost-wise, uh, you know, again, there's different ways of building these plants as well and, and just different technology that can be incorporated. And it just, uh, I guess, cost-wise, it was, it's very dependent on, you know, what size there is being built and, and, you know, what technology that they incorporate into it. Uh, costs will will be in the, in the tens of millions of dollars for sure, but uh, again, there there is really good return on on that investment. Do you feel there should be some incentives from government to to bring this about? Well, I think there there can be. You know, there are some programming. There is some programming, and right now, I guess that's what we're looking into a little bit further. You know, to see if there are some incentives or or, or tax breaks, and and this could be for you know an existing uh, packer possibly that is active in the province already, or uh, you know to just to attract some outside investment as well. And and so definitely it would uh, it would be beneficial and, and good for the economy here. Uh, you know, if there were some some incentives or, or or tax incentives of some sort. 
you talked about opportunities and said there's good opportunity here. What, you, what are some of the challenges? Well, the challenges are is finding, uh, you know, the right location where, where there, you have a, a good workforce, dependable workforce that, that you can rely on. And then uh, I, I think one thing is is just to have the right people to manage, uh, you know, to, to be the people that run and, and do the business side of the whole project. You know, those are the people right now that are probably in short supply here in this part of the world. Now, I remember when Saskatchewan had some meatpacking plants, but it all seemed to consolidate. Uh, there's large, large plants in Alberta, for example. No, correct. Yes. And, and you know, it, all industries will uh, evolve, you know, for certain reasons. And, and I think, uh, you know, looking back over time, there, there were some previous studies that, uh, you know, looked at, you know, what would happen and, and how things would change. And, you know, consolidation was, uh, was a, was an advantage, but also a threat. And, and, you know, something that I think when we're reliant on, on, you know, just a few big packers, if one of them goes down, you know, like they did in, in during the COVID, time there it causes a real backlog and so you know it, it it would be important here i think to add some you know more capacity here and i think you know just the way the whole industry has evolved it is because of you know a lot of the, you, you need to have the uh, ability i guess just the economics of scale to operate uh, but again you know back in the day the alberta government did give some you know pretty nice incentives there to attract the big packers into that part of uh, of Western Canada. Yeah, and that COVID bottleneck at those two big Alberta plants, it was really, wasn't it the cow-calf producers, particularly Saskatchewan, who suffered the most? Well, it, it did, uh, you know, push back on, on, you know, the feeding industry more than anything, I think, and, you know, that ultimately has an effect then on the cow-calf side as well. Garner Debald is the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Saskatchewan. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Kara Uskaros here with realagriculture.com. I am here today with Chris Garnett, who is with the University of Alberta. So we're here today to talk about some of your research you have done um, with wheat. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Yeah, sure. So uh, first off, I'd like to thank our, our funding uh, through RDAR, through Alberta Wheat Commission and the Sask Wheat Commission, as in association with uh, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada and the University of Alberta. Uh, so some of the research we're looking at is uh, if we can incorporate a fungal inoculant with cereal crops, specifically in wheat. So the idea behind our research is looking at a already pre-existing commercial inoculant uh, that uses arbuscular mycorrhizal fungi and then applies it to the soil with the cedar. Uh, and what we're looking at here is can this inoculant, through its ability to help plant roots sequester more nutrients within the soil and then trade it with a plant, uh, lead to more improvements and increases in not only crop yield but crop protein. Um, so what we're finding thus far is under the different um, varieties and different 
uh, applications of inoculant that we're seeing there is actually a difference when using this inoculant in terms of the type of crop variety, so whether it's a CWRS or a CPS wheat, as well as the different nutrient background concentrations, which seems to play a very major role in how this inoculant works with these wheat crops. Uh, now it's important to say that this inoculant is not usually used with cereal crops. They're more uh, found with pulse crops with rhizobium that, that have both a rhizobium and a muscular mycorrhizal fungi component. So the unique portion of what we're looking at is taking just the arbuscular mycorrhizal fungal component of that and then applying it to a cereal crop which has more or less of a moderate association with mycorrhizae and looking at in which kind of environmental conditions can we actually see this inoculant cause any change in crop productivity and if it can what do we have to do to help it along. Now are you just working with mycorrhizobae or have you looked at uh, other ones? Yeah, specifically we're just looking at mycorrhizal fungi and the specific species we're looking at is one specific species. It's it's quite commonly studied. It's known as Glomus interradices and uh, it, it's it's relatively uh, viable to culture and there is a commercial uh, commercially available inoculant um, available to producers and that's why we're looking at this specific one. So you've looked a bit about how this impacts nitrogen uptake as well. Do you want to talk about some of the things you found there? Yeah, for sure. So. The research has shown in the past and in different crops in different parts of the world that use of arbuscular mycorrhizal fungi as an inoculant and both in its indigenous um, concentration within the soil, uh, that really they, they benefit wheat and barley spe uh, specifically under more adequate or reduced nutrient concentrations in the soil. So what we're aiming to look at is um, under a reduced fertilization application, can this inoculant actually help improve crop productivity uh, and nitrogen uptake and what we're finding is that under lower nitrogen applications where the background nitrogen concentration may be uh, you know 20 or 40 kilograms of N per hectare um, then coupled with a, a small amount of urea fertilizer is actually improving uh, nitrogen uptake whether it's soil nitrogen uptake and then leading into increases in both straw and seed nitrogen concentration. And what are you seeing with when it comes to biomass what are some of the results there? Yeah so it's interesting that uh, uh, kind of in line with the previous research that has been going on um, under a more nutrient deficient or just adequate situation we are seeing with this inoculant slight improvements in crop biomass production and therefore leading to slight improvements in crop yield or productivity as a whole but then under more of nominal conditions which producers may find themselves in with a, a decent background nutrient concentration and a high application of synthetic fertilizer we're really seeing uh, either no impacts to crop yield or a bit of a drag or a saprophytic effect on this crop yield and crop productivity as a whole. And what are some of the other things of note? You guys are looking at some smallpox trials here too. What are you finding there? The wheat varieties that are more susceptible to pathogenic invasion are also more susceptible to mycorrhizae colonization and therefore more susceptible to uh, symbiosis. And with that symbiosis can come an improvement and an enhancement through um, an upregulation of uh, plant hormones through salicylic acid or jasmonic acid to actually improve a plant's defense response against pathogenic invasion. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.conditions apply. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. The outlook for today, mainly cloudy, 60% chance of showers this afternoon. Wind southeast 20, gusting to 40, the high 17. Tonight, 30% chance of showers, wind southeast 20, the low 10. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, 60% chance of showers, wind east 20, the high 15, and a low of 6 degrees. Thursday, cloudy, the high 15, the low 11. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 19, the low 8. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 8 degrees. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 21, the low 8. Monday's outlook, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 20. Currently in Regina, we have some light rain. It's 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. On the roundup, we have Estevan at 15, Saskatoon 17, Swift Current and Weyburn 15. Yorkton is 14. The hot spot right now is Maple Creek at 19 degrees. The cold spot outlook at 11. Once again, Regina is light rain and 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east, southeast at 24. Humidity is 48%. The barometric pressure is dropping 102.0. Light rain in Moose Jaw, 14. Winds are from the east, southeast at 30. Once again, Regina, light rain in 14. That's 57 Fahrenheit. Back. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The latest crop reports as 40% of Saskatchewan spring wheat is harvested and assessed an average yield of 43 bushels an acre. 70% of the durum is harvested in this province and assessed an average yield of 30 bushels an acre. That would be significantly lower than the five-year average of 40 bushels an acre for Saskatchewan. That excludes 2021. The latest Sask wheat outlooks as several issues will play on the market this week, including global demand and politics around Black Sea exports. The report was compiled by Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting. Regarding wheat, U.S. ending stocks were left unchanged from the previous month, but the 22-23 global wheat outlook increased supplies, consumptions, exports and ending stocks this month. Supplies were increased by 3.6 million tons as production increases for Russia and the Ukraine more than offset a decline in beginning stocks. Production in Russia was increased by 3 million tons to 91 million on harvest results for winter wheat to date as published by the Russian Ministry of Agriculture. The Ukrainian production forecast was increased by 1 million tons to 20.5 million as the harvest is nearly complete. 
The USDA reports are viewed as bullish for corn and soybeans, while the wheat complex is neutral to bearish. Regarding futures, wheat futures were all up last week. CBOT soft red winter futures were up 60 cents to close at 8.53 per bushel. Kansas City hard red winter futures were up 58 cents from the previous week at 9.29 per bushel. And Minneapolis hard red spring futures were up 37 cents to close at 9.09 per bushel. Following today's WASDE report, wheat futures are currently down by 1 to 9 cents per bushel. Regarding cash markets last week, there were no important tenders of note and there was no U.S. export sales report last week. Korea did buy 65,000 tons of Australian wheat for these Jan at 352 US per ton and 55,000 of Jan Feb wheat at 349.30. A general comment on the demand side. Larger supplies in today's reports boost global consumption by 2.4 million tons to 791 million tons. This is almost entirely an, on increased feed and residual use. Food, seed and industrial use remain nearly unchanged. To continue, here are some of last week's major news by wheat origin, starting with Canada. Saskad reported last Thursday that 40% of spring wheat was harvested and they assessed an average yield of 43 bushel per acre. This would actually be lower than the five-year average, excluding the 21 yields of 47.5 bushel per acre for Saskatchewan. Spring wheat harvest in Alberta was 40% done. Alberta Ag assessed average yields at 52.8 bushel per acre, which is also below the five-year Alberta average. In Manitoba, spring wheat was 31% harvested with average yields reported at 60 to 70 bushel per acre against the 59.2 bushel average. Movement of wheat for week five was quite good with a very big 800,000 tons being taken into primary elevators and 248,000 loaded out for export. We note that there are 324,000 tons of wheat sitting in eastern ports waiting for loading, plus another 180,000 at the west coast. Regarding Durham, SaskAg reports that 70% of Sask Durham was harvested and assessed an average yield of 30 bushel per acre. This would be significantly lower than the five-year average of 40 bushel per acre, excluding the 21 uh, results. Borsch says there remains questions whether the corridor for Ukraine grain exports will continue beyond the original 120-day agreement. She adds frost has damaged parts of the Argentine wheat crop. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting compiled the weekly market report for the Sask Wheat Web. Responsibly. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM.
This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. After years of waiting because of the pandemic, a clinical trial on flaxseed and its effects on memory loss is happening at Winnipeg's St. Boniface Hospital Research Centre. The research involves giving participants flaxseed beverage to drink daily for six months. Research associate Ada Adlimagand says flaxseed is high in omega-3 and other fatty acids, which can help to improve memory, circulation, and inflammation. The researchers are looking for participants between 60 and 84 years of age with mild memory loss and cognitive impairment, but who are otherwise healthy. The USDA slashed its soybean production estimate this past day. That pushed up all edible oil prices. November canola was up 9.10 to 8.08.80 a ton, while November soybeans jumped at one and three quarter cents to 14.90 a bushel. This is market analyst Naomi Bloom. We were at 88 million acres for soybeans, and they lowered it to 87.5. That, along with a reduction on yield. So yield last month was at 51.9, and they did a pretty big reduction on yield down to 50.5. Trade was not expecting that big of a reduction on yield, and nor were we expecting the drop on planted acres. So that's the bullish part of the report, though they really, really lowered the supply. The USDA corn production estimate was right on pre-report projections, averaging 172.5 bushels an acre. Moose job. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tommen Lumber. Get everything you need to finish your projects before fall from Freeze Tommen in Regina and Fort Capel. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices were showing some upward movement. Viterra prices for canola gained 8 50 at 771.45. One red spring wheat went up 694 at 3912. The rest all unchanged. Durham 399.56. Barley 292.87. Chickpeas 925.95. Flax 627.67. Lentils 704.50. Oats 232.32. Yellow peas 431.13. Feed wheat 286. 289.56. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of September 13th. Our last regular sale was on August 31st. D1 and D2 cows sold from 88 cents to a dollar. D3 cows sold from 78 cents to 88 cents. Counter cows sold from 60 cents to 70 cents. Heiferettes sold from $1.20 to $1.35. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.35. We had a big, for this time of year, pre-sorted yearling sale, and wow, this market is unbelievable. 500 to 550-pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.55. 550 to 600-pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.54. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.54. 
650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.60 and sold up to $2.76. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $2.60 and sold up to $2.76. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $2.41 and sold up to $2.58. And good steers over 900 pounds averaged $2.23 and sold up to $2.45. Heifers were 30 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a group of 700-pound red steers at $2.76 a pound, a load of 800-pound black steers at $2.58 a pound, a load of 900-pound exotic steers at $2.36 a pound, and a load of 1,000-pound exotic steers at $2.23 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices, too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, two twenty eight. 07 per CKG. Coming up, the resource. Easy. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The Prime Minister says initiatives announced by the federal government today will make a big difference for people who get it in a targeted way without adding fuel to the fire of inflation. There's a proposed one-time top-up to the Canada Housing Benefit Program that would consist of a tax-free payment of $500 to provide direct support to low-income renters who are most exposed to inflation. Pending approval, the federal benefit would be for renters with adjusted incomes below $35,000 or $20,000 for individuals. The money will be delivered through the Canada Revenue Agency based on upfront verification of the applicant's income, age and residency, which means you would have to had to file a 2021 tax return. As well, Justin Trudeau has announced the federal government will double the goods and services tax credit for six months. Those with family net income of less than $39,826 in 2021 received the full credit amount. Above this income level, the GST credit amount is gradually lowered as income increases. In addition, the Prime Minister introduced a temporary dental care benefit for most families with children under 12 years. On the markets, the TSX is down 236 points to 19,750. The Dow has fallen 841 points at 31,540. Oil has dropped a dollar eighty-two at eighty-five ninety-six per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at seventy-six twenty cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon.